I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Non-Human Biologics, the podcast that will p- p- possess you and and make you think that you're seeing stuff. Ghost. Yeah. You're haunted, Chris. You're haunted by ghost. Haunted by ghost. It's an affliction. Um it's a it's it's and it's terminal. Also, I didn't say the creepy but necessary podcast, and I feel weird about it. Like I feel like I should just do a whole spooky but necessary. Spooky but necessary. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm all right. I mean, I'm not feeling as creepy as usual, but I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. This was a uh, this was a good episode of the X Files to watch. This uh, was such a good episode of the X Files. If you, if hey, you, you know who shows up in this episode? Wormtongue. Grieva Wormtongue, baby. <laughs> Four episodes later than I than the the fucking trivia section on the fandom website told me about. I was so upset about this. Um, I'm not actually that upset about, it, but I'm pretty yeah. excited about it. Uh, <laughs> Before we get into the main part of the episode, let's thank all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week for keeping the lights on around here. They donate every month. They get access to episodes of this podcast early, exclusive content, access to our Discord server, all kinds of cool stuff. Please, please go check it out. Chris, can you remind the folks at home what's been happening in non-human biologics? Sure thing. Last time on the X-Files, Mulder is confronted by his smarmy British ex and is drawn into a case about a man assassinating politicians with fire magic because he was horny for their wives. But while Mulder is distracted distracted confronting his fear of fire and being snogged on by his ex, Scully is doing the actual detective work to track down the would-be wife guy and save the day. In the end, the culprit is caught, but was it rocket fuel in the lube? Or a satanic ritual that gave him his powers. We may never Ooh, know. We just we just don't know. We have no idea. Uh, today, we we're discussing X-Files Season 1, Episode 13, Beyond the Sea. When death row inmate Luther Lee Boggs claims to be psychic and able to lead Mulder to a serial killer in return for a lesser sentence of life in prison, Scully becomes an unwilling believer. This aired on January 7th, 1994, was directed by David Nutter, and was written by Glenn Morgan, James Wong. Uh... Yeah, I just, I just off the bat, we should talk about Brad Dourif's performance as Luther Lee Boggs in this episode. Um, so, folks probably know him as Wormtongue from the Lord of the Rings series. Uh, you may also know him as the Doctor from Deadwood, uh, where he's also which blew my mind recently when I found out that those two were the same person. Could not, oh. under, could not, could not conceive such such <laughs> such, such shenanigans. Uh, this man can act. Brad puts on a fucking clinic throughout. The, like he, you could tell he was like, it's time to act. We need to act with yeah. a capital A during this entire thing. Um, it's wild. I saw we watched Carrie yesterday. I don't know if you remember the movie Carrie, like, the, like original Carrie, the original nineteen seventies Carrie. Uh, yeah, I, forgot, I think I, for- I watched it like a, like a year ago. I'd forgotten John Travolta was in that movie. That's a yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and he's also acting with a capital A in that in that part. Yeah. But they they yeah. neglected to tell him that he was in a horror movie and that he was supposed right. to be scary. So he's just acting like a fun teenage teenage kid. He thought who this was to... another uh, sequel to Grease. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's just oh this this one I get to slap the women around. Okay, but perfect. Yeah, yeah it sounds great to me. <laughs> um, but this is on a whole different level of acting. Like this is just an incredible performance by by Brad here. I throughout it he just he emotes so strongly like he just gets into it you could tell like he was i don't know what possessed him or what what came over him to do such a such a great job on what had to be like a pretty breezy paycheck for him right like this had to be pretty pretty easy and listen they just they gave it to him you know they said this is a man who gets possessed by spirits and he's like i understand i guess you say no more friends i have this and they're like uh are you sure because we we normally have nope i got this and sure enough and it's good because you know when he's doing the most at first, and you're like, whoa, this guy's he's doing a lot. And then later on, when he fakes it, and you can tell he's faking it, because he's just, it's not its not as extreme. And I just thought, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. 
So let's start the episode. Uh, it's obviously Christmas time around Dana Scully's place. Her parents are coming yeah. to visit. Um, we have a great, great guest actor here, um, Don Davis, as uh, Captain William Scully, Bill mystic Scully, mystic UFO dad from Twin Peaks, also mystic- sort of a mystic ghost dad from uh, X Files. Absolutely, uh, do kind of love this when this dude shows up. He's he's great at just like being exactly what he is, I guess, which is just like the standard military dude, right? Like yeah. he's just very good at it. Um, there's obviously like a little bit of diffidence between Scully and her dad that doesn't, mm-hmm. that's, but it's like, but it's okay. Like this is a holiday. They're not you know, beefing, but as we go throughout the episode, they really wanted her to be a medical doctor. That's what she trained for. So the yeah. fact that she ended up in the FBI, I can't imagine that anyone is disappointed by that, but it just seems like this isn't what her father necessarily wanted for her. Well, I, I could see and this is me just writing some some personal fanfic here, but I could see like if he's a military dude, like not wanting her to be in the, the quote unquote the, the gig, yeah, right? Like yeah, not wanting her yeah. to be a government employee, like wanting her to be kind of free from some of that. Um, and I don't know, I don't remember anything about Scully's family. Like obviously we see him kind of be a little bit, a little bit of a ghost in this episode. And I don't know if he yeah. comes back later or if we, we experiment with any of that stuff. So that could be, that could be the reason why he wants her to not be in the FBI, right? Investigating this stuff. Um, there's ghosts. And he's like, I don't want you to, yeah. See ghosts. <laughs> I want you to see ghosts. You're my daughter. You're my only daughter. I think. I don't know. I, we, we didn't really establish sure. if that other chick was your do- was your sister or not in the <laughs> previous episode. <laughs> Maybe it was just a friend who was trying to set you up. With- I don't know. Um, either way, she sees them off and uh, falls asleep on the couch. Which I, yeah, I love. I love a Scully that's falling asleep on the couch, Chris. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So there's something about the prim and proper Scully who's just like zonking out at 10 p.m. On, on the couch and waking up to infomercials, which is really good for me. Waking up to a ghost, and also waking up to a ghost. Because that's exactly what happened. As she sees her parents off, she okay. She has a house now, right? So this is a full-on house. I previously thought she lived in an apartment. Uh, maybe she upgraded. I'm not denying that in 1993 you could afford a home on on a single uh, FBI paycheck. I bet you probably could. Um, but she, it's not, it's not important. It's just to, just to mix up by me. She wakes up in the middle of the night and she sees her dad sitting in the armchair across from her, and she's confused because she's like, "Hey, I thought you guys already went home. What's going on here?" You know, she doesn't wake up afraid or anything like that. Uh, and he's sitting there and he's he's moving his mouth like he's talking, but we can't hear anything, which already is unsettling. Some shit like that. That 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 spooks me. Um, he's and then and suddenly he's, he's, he's lit by like a ghost light, too. Like he's got yeah. the spotlight on him. And it looks this is like it's genuinely even genuinely unsettling. It's very unsettling. Like this is probably the best effect that the the show goes through in this epi- in this episode. And I, yeah. I love it. Like I wish they I wish it had happened two or three more times because it was it's so good. Yeah, there's a uh, there was a tweet I saw recently about people complaining about like lighting in movies or like oh where where's the lighting coming from and showing the the battle of Helm's Deep in Two Towers where there's just like ambient light everywhere, uh, and the the response I saw was somebody just saying like we should have more of this. It's a movie. It's a TV show. We can just have fake lighting if it looks good. Yeah. If you can make the shot look good, it doesn't matter where the natural source of the light is coming from. And I agree with that. Nobody nobody this is fucking a, cares. This is a ghost thing, yeah. right? But when your show just fucking looks good, and you're like hell yeah, that's some spooky light. I'm into that. What's that um, Stanley Kubrick movie where he lit the whole thing via candlelight in the frame? So it was just almost impossible to film, and it just took him like years to, to accomplish. Such a Kubrick thing to do. What right? an asshole! Yeah, yeah. This is, you just imagine like the actors going through, going. Geez, how many times do I have to do this take because this fucking candle fluttered or whatever and ruined yeah, the shot? Jesus, God. Um, so anyway, she gets she gets a phone call. She answers it, and unfortunately, this is her mother calling her, telling her that her father just had a massive heart attack and died um just about an hour ago so she looks over there's nobody in the chair now and scully is like what the fuck just happened 
Uh, we get our, our intro. Um, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but at the end of it, they ask a specific question. I don't know. Do you? What are they? Oh yeah. What are they asking this one? It's something about something about belief or something. I don't know. Who cares? It Interesting. Really Interesting. Uh, then we go to Jackson University and Rail High, uh, or excuse me, Raleigh, North Carolina. I don't know why I said Rail High. I'm sorry for all the North Carolinas people that just got <laughs> real upset in their cars right just now. Rail High. Uh, rail High, North Carolina. Uh, we can see this uh, what's supposed to be a teenage couple necking in their car, getting all hot and heavy, steaming up the mm. windows. Uh, mm. You ever done this, Chris? You ever parked before? I don't think I have. I've parked before. Um, I didn't I, have to. I had a. Um, oh, I got. I had, pardon me. I got no. I got pardon no me, chicks. Casanova Mosier over here. My bad. <laughs> I, was say, I was gonna say. I had. I had no chicks. <laughs> uh, pardon me. I didn't realize I, I was. No, I, yeah, I was just I, me and the boys. You know. <laughs> didn't realize I was dealing with Casanova Lothario Mosier over here, Mr. CLM. Um, they get busted. Cop comes up, knocks on the window, uh, makes the dude get out. The guy immediately sees, like, this dude is just wearing, like, jeans. He's not wearing a uniform. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets smacked across the face. Um, and presumably, uh, we find out pretty quickly that they get abducted. Both the kids get yeah. abducted. Uh, we jump over to the FBI headquarters where Mulder is reading a criminal profile. And Scully kind of sneaks up on him. He's not really expecting. She sneaks up on him with a joke. Yeah. She said, last time you were that engrossed, you were reading the adult video news. Dude, she's owning him hard. Um, Got him. But Mulder's like, "What are you? why are you here? Your dad just died. Shouldn't you be like literally doing anything other than work? Um, he calls her Dana in this yeah, scene. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up specifically. There's two or three times that he's throughout this episode that he calls her Dana. And she even, she is weirded out by this, right? Like she even says like Dana. Like she says it out loud, yeah. like Dana. But I think it's a sign, and we saw this with, um, I can't remember the name of the, the character now, because, hey, memory sucks nowadays. Uh, when Mulder was dealing with the UFO addict um, in uh, Fallen Angels, uh, we saw his like caring side come out, right? When oh, he, yeah. yeah. And, and this is a, this, this another example of him just like actually giving a shit. And I think that makes this character of Mulder so much more powerful than it would mm-hmm. otherwise. Because him just like actually caring about the people around him is so much more edifying to me than him just being kind of breezy about this or just like brushing it off. Um, There is a weird, and and, and I get that this is the most popular fic. This is one of the most popular like ships of all time. Right. But like, Mm -hmm. he's like at one point during this conversation, he's like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry about your dad. And like, he like cups her face (laughs) and like, it does a weird caress. And I'm like, calm down. He's up. This is a little much. And I, (laughs) I tried to read it as like, they're trying to show intimacy in a way that it's just, it's easy to communicate. Right. But when you, Take the step back. You're like, imagine someone doing that to you. Can you don't imagine get your somebody touching your face? face? Yeah, I don't get, just get away from me, please. Um, but at this, at, I'm still leaning at, at this point to the two of them being extremely platonic friends. Um, yeah, I, I there's a ton of emotional uh, intimacy here, and and it's really nice, and it doesn't have to be anything other than um, care. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be romantic interest. It's just it's two people who really respect and care about each other. But I also want to acknowledge that, like, if you're if you're shipping these two and you want them to to to, to smooch yeah. faces, like, this has to be a moment of like a, right. Like a, and a I and I do ship them. Yeah. I just you ship them. Just, as, you ship them as exactly what they are, which is uh, I ship them as, as exactly what they are. Yeah, and I and I as I don't need it to like speed up or anything like that. Like I know it's a long show, and I'm not really like desperate for them to have a smooch or something. Like I want them to like each other, and I want them to care about each other. It's the same way I feel about um, Jeff and Annie on Community. Like they, they right. 
you know what I'm saying? I just I don't know why I shifted. I mean, they, the show wants me to, obviously, but like right. I just I just like the if two we of those ignore guys. the fact that there's like a 20 year age difference, which the show just the show decides sp- to sp- let you ignore that after a while. Yeah, the show specifically <laughs> like brings that up and is like, actually, you know what? Like c- c- people like this, so we're just gonna ignore it. Yeah. Um, Mulder fills her in on the case. This is uh, these two kids were kidnapped. This is exactly what happened at uh, in another crime scene at Duke University. Um, back then, the kids stayed disappeared for five days and then they showed up dead. Um, and there's this other wrinkle where there's this guy, this criminal who's been arrested, uh, this like psychotic murderer dude named Luther Boggs, uh, who is claiming to have inside information on these cases and wants to trade because he is about to get the gas chamber and he wants to get his sentence reduced to, uh, this life in prison. Um, he claims to be psychic and have like inside information. And it's interesting here because Boggs and Mulder has history have history together. Mm-hmm. Mulder mm-hmm. Uh, wrote up a criminal profile which led to the arrest. So, and Boggs has read that, so he kind of blames Mulder for getting him arrested. Um, Boggs has gone to the gas chamber once and got his sentence commuted at the last minute. So he's like actually like kind of been through the experience, but got pulled yeah. back at the last moment. So he's kind of terrified of it. Um, and Mulder instead of leaning in on the psychic stuff is just absolutely 100% confident that Boggs is a con man. Um, mm-hmm. He's a, he's it's a, it's a scam. Um, the, all of the crimes that he's committed haven't been because of like his, his, him being abused or anything else. It's just because he was, he, he kills because he likes it is what Mulder says about it. Yeah. And he started at a very young age. So Mulder is really right off the bat. Just not, he's very skeptical. He's not having this. This doesn't believe this man is channeling spirits and demons, but it is interesting that this ability as it were is within the fiction of it is, is um, didn't come on until the last time that Boggs went to, to the chamber. It was right before he was about to be killed where suddenly this, this ability activated uh, a near death experience, I guess. Um, but yeah, so Mulder's Mulder's not buying it for once. Yeah. Uh, Mulder tells Scully, like, hey, take some time. This is where we get the face caress. Uh, do whatever you got to do with your family. Um, she pulls up a file out of his filing cabinet that says visionary encounters with the dead and, like, looks at it and then immediately puts it puts it back. Like, she's obviously yeah, a little shook. She's not only her. shaken up about the death of her father, she's shaken up about what she believes she saw that night. Yeah. And we, we skip over to the funeral, uh, which is a, a small gathering. Um, Scully mentions that, like, he, you know, he had the rights to be buried in um, uh, the fancy military graveyard. Arlington? Sure. Okay. Um, Arlington or Lexington? I always confuse the two for some reason. I, I think, think it's, it's Arlington. Arlington. think it's Arlington. Yeah. Um, but the mom says, like, no, this is exactly what he wanted. And they're watching, like, this old, like, fucking tar hand like dump ashes into the water um it's yeah. it's, it's kind of weird um and there's a song playing in the background but this is beyond the sea which is the episode is mm-hmm. titled after and this is the song that was playing not only at their at her parents wedding but it was playing when her when he proposed to her mom to his yeah. mom so it's a it's a big deal this was definitely one you want on your wake playlist you know what i'm saying definitely yeah that's you wanted that big time that's number one on the track list um but yeah it's a small family affair it's just what you wanted and then scully asks her mom do you think dad was proud of me? Um, again, because they wanted her to go into medicine. They wanted her to, to, to follow a different path. And all of her, all her mom can say is, he was he was your father. Um, now, a simple yes probably would have... Uh, it could have easily you know, been... I mean, I know mom's, I know mom's got easier. some some, some, um, some grief going on, but also mom. Yeah. Like, you could have just said But yes. I also... What do you think about it and the way that it resolves later? Um, I think it's a better line and sure. it's a, and yeah. it allows her to kind of like ex- really dig deep into this without just needing that clear answer. Um, cause he was your father, like, which I read it as, of course he was proud of you. You know, he might've wanted something different for you, but he was your father. 
I do too. I read it the same way. Um, I read this line the same way. We um, we skip over to Boggs. We meet Boggs. Dude, this motherfucker, himself. what does he say? The soul of Luther Boggs drowns in hell's sea of fire. He's, he's, um, he's intense, dude. He's got Kiss Kill tattooed on his knuckles. Um, he's he's rambling is, about souls know, and that's how crazy. All, all of these souls are, are connected. Uh, Mulder and Scully, of course, are there in the room. Um, Boggs starts like crying. He starts openly weeping. He starts slipping into this weird country accent and calling them by their first names. Um, yeah. saying that he can go from from where he is now to the past, the present, or the future. Um, but he says that Mr. Boggs must be made redemptive for all of his yeah. sins. Yeah, um, he speaks in the third person as if the spirits possessing him are the ones talking. Yeah, and Mulder uh, agrees. He's like, yeah, we're, we're going to make you redemptive. That's why they're gassing you to death. Like, that's, And I'm yeah. like, god damn, Mulder. That's- Mulder is like, keep your forked tongue behind your teeth. I have not passed through fire and death to brandy cooking words. I don't know the fucking quote. No, I'm quoting Gandalf here. He nailed it. Yeah, oh yeah, everybody, everybody knew it was Gandalf. He went this worm. <laughs> um... Boggs wants to deal. He wants to trade his life for the kids. Um, so Mulder is like, okay, let's see what you got. Uh, he brings out a piece of clothing and he hands it to Boggs who like starts inhaling it and goes through dude, this. As soon as he handed the shit, I was like, that's fucking fake. And then they got as, me, I'm dude. Really, I'm gonna, I'm gonna as I'm really confidently going with it, um, I'm like, well, I've seen this episode. So like, <laughs> I mean, I've seen all of these, but I don't remember. But yeah, no, for some reason, I just thought Mulder's fucking up to something. And he is. He absolutely is. And, and yeah, Boggs starts... But- I mean, I guess this this question or th- this episode really rides on the fact: Do we believe Boggs or not? And I think that we should. I think that maybe is that supposed to be the answer we take here that uh, we should uh, believe him because think... we see some stuff from Boggs POV. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think that the answer is muddled here, but I think that the answer mm-hmm. is I think both things are true. Like he is, I think a majority of the things that Boggs says are, are, are that Mulder thinks and that Boggs proposes are true. But he's been, he's he's definitely working with the guy from the, on the outside, so he that's how he knows all of this extra information. Mm-hmm. They're definitely trying to set it up so that you know either um, Scully or Mulder get murdered or hurt or in, 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 in the job. And third, like he probably is actually being possessed by weird souls of the dead. Like he he, he even <laughs> even if he's not like actually being possessed, he believes that he is to the extent that right. it is torturing right. himself. Right? Like little column A, little column B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair it's enough. it's, fair it's enough. a little it's a little of everything uh, because he's he, and and like you mentioned, like he's he goes through this whole routine where he's like sniffing the, the 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 piece of cloth and he's yelling stop 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 he says he starts describing that the boy is uh the the, the young kid that was kidnapped is tied by a packing twine uh, he can barely get the words out he starts talk, talk, he says that he's being whooped with a wire coat hanger they're in some sort of condemned warehouse and he mentions an angel of stone and a waterfall that's not a waterfall and it just like it, it, it sends you, it, it brings up so many red flags because it's acted so well that you're like, maybe this dude is doing a possession thing and he's actually believes that he is possessed or he is possessed. Uh, but also like, this is a very specific, like a, a waterfall that's not a waterfall. feels like a fucking thing that you would tell somebody to, to, that you're trying to lead them somewhere. Yeah. Right. When somebody's yeah. When somebody's trying to ask you their riddles three. You know, you're exactly. Like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Mulder finally gets enough of this as, 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 as he kind of collapses, uh, Mulder gets up, he grabs the cloth and then whispers at him. Like this was just for my New York Knicks shirt. Like this is this is a fake. <laughs> wow, dude. Got him. Fucking Boulder with the. And with, I didn't even the, wash it after going to the gym in it. Oh, that's what you inhaled was my sweat. <laughs> that's my gym shirt. <laughs> that's my gym shirt. That's my sweat. Um, and yeah, this is like as a first meeting for Boggs. You're like, what the fuck is going on with this dude? Yeah, yeah. That's that's intense. But then, um, then but then. Yeah. At the end, as they're about to leave, Boggs starts singing Beyond the Sea, 
which mm-hmm. of course grabs Scully's attention. Um, and li- she looks back. She even sees her father. And he calls her Starbuck, which we learned in the uh, in, in the in intro. The That's, was, that was his nickname. His her father's nickname for. Her. It's weird that there's like two sci-fi shows with people nicknamed Starbuck in them. Like, I thought the same thing because I think I watched a little bit of Battlestar Galactica right around the time. <laughs> is this from? Uh, is this from Moby Dick? What is it from? From Starbuck? I don't know. Yeah, she calls him Ahab, and Ahab is from. Uh, I'm googling it. Sorry, okay, everyone. I'm googling it. It just brought up Starbucks.com. Is what it brought up for me. So thanks for yeah. the, thanks for that. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, from yeah from from Moby Dick, fictional character, the scrupulous and steadfast first mate of gotcha. the Pequod, okay. and then in, in the novel Moby Dick. Okay. Gotcha. Um, also, uh, Dana Scully. So that's good. And also Dana Scully. And also Dana. Don't forget Mrs. Scully. I I have not read Moby Dick. Isn't that weird? No, not at all. <laughs> This, I don't think I doubt it's that good of a book. It's just about a whale. Moving on. <laughs> it's just about a whale. Read a Stephen King. It's novel. about revenge. Okay. So, so much more exciting. Destroys a man's soul. See, you've got you've got the themes already. Why do you need? To I read got it, it dude. I don't fucking need to read it. I get it. Uh, Scully hearing hearing the name Starbuck even like briefly sees her father in the, the yeah. orange jumpsuit because she was um, a Duncan girl. She's a Dunkin' Donuts girl. Yeah, so yeah. she's here at Starbuck and she's immediately thinking of her dad. Not. Um, <laughs> and he says, "Did you get my message?" Uh, so she's obviously a little freaked out. Uh, Mulder sends her back to the hotel and says, "Like, hey, now that he's revealed himself to be a fraud, I'm going to stay around and just like just grill him some more and see if I can like get him to talk." Mm. Uh, but on the way back from the hotel, Scully starts noticing things. She sees a neon sign for Hotel Niagara, a waterfall without a waterfall. She looks over and there's a uh, an angel carved of stone, and then she pulls into like. And she's the like, okay, well, that second one is definitely pretty specific. The second one seems <laughs> seems like kind of weird. Uh, and she and pulls. Dude, what does she pull into? What what is this place? This is an honest to God what? Wet pipe factory, dude. This is this is a is. goddamn wet pipe factory. They're we making joke. wet pipes and nothing else here. We joke a lot about these factories being wet pipe factories. This is the first maybe honest to God wet pipe factory that we've actually had on the podcast. Like yeah, this is yeah. this looks like they. Since, I think there's one in season one of Supernatural. Yes, and then there's one in season one of X Files. This is the truest wet pipe factory we've seen since. The one in Supernatural is the one where uh, um, the dad blesses the sprinkler. That's water. right. That's, that's right. That's that's, that's the right. true wet pipe factory right there. Um, she decides to explore this without any kind of backup uh, and finds fresh, fresh candles lit around uh, some jewelry and also some um, some blood on the ground and coat hangers. So everything kind of matching up to what Boggs said to her. And then she finds a necklace that we're going to find out in the next scene is a, is a positive ID to, to one of the victims. Correct. Yeah. Uh, we go to a commercial break. This is this show is interesting uh, because obviously like it's built around commercial breaks like most TV mm. shows are. Um, but it's this is one of the few examples where it just seemed very very awkward where we're like we fade to black with her in the warehouse and then we just fade back up to her in the hotel room <laughs> with like no, yeah, nothing in between. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we cut over to Scully. Um, she's still kind of seeing images of her dad. It's this flashing in the chair in front of her. She's she's kind of out of it. Uh, Mulder shows up and is like, "Hey, we got the necklace. It's definitely the chicks. The cops are coming to the place. Like I was, I expected you to be at the crime scene." Um, and he starts making jokes about like, I was trying to get Boggs to channel Jimi Hendrix to play all on the watchtower for yeah. me, <laughs> um, which is weird. Cause that's another Battlestar Galactica thing uh, that happens in Battlestar Galactica. Um, Damn. uh, like all on the watchtower is like a big deal in that, in that show. So it's just weird that they're the, the Starbuck... all drawn. Maybe all of Battlestar Galactica was a reference to this episode. Maybe so. Maybe, maybe, maybe everything came from here. Um, <laughs> 
but Scully doesn't really have time for jokes about Jimi Hendrix. Uh, she admits that she lied on her police report and tells Mulder that the way she found this wasn't just like like she she was following clues. She was following what Bog said. Uh, and we haven't really seen Mulder get this upset at Scully before. I don't think like he's he's kind of mad because a he she's letting Boggs lead her around by the nose and she and he's like that you can't do that. Yeah, that's what he wants. Like he wants you to go into these situations so that you can be hurt. Uh, but then he's also hurt because. She lied and because it, and he thinks that it's because she's too afraid to put what she actually believes on the report. They would expect that from Spooky Mulder, but you know Dana Scully can't say that. Like he's almost yeah. hurt that she doesn't, mm-hmm. even though he's saying like none of this is true, <laughs> none of right. this is real, none of the, all the psychic bullshit is fake. He's still like a little bit hurt that she's like lying to the cops about it. Yeah, um, and she's just like, dude, I thought you would be pleased that I was what open to the idea of extreme possibilities. I think she calls them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mulder is like, no, like, I mean, yeah, but not in this case, because I think that this really just, this is you dealing with your father. This is you dealing with that pain right now. Um, you have pain in your heart and pain it's clouding your, your judgment your and you're going to get yourself killed if you keep letting him lead you around by that pain in your heart. Uh, he calls her Dana during this exchange again yeah. to show, to kind of give you a little bit more of that intimacy. Um, he also gives her what I believe is probably the worst advice, um, which <laughs> is to only open yourself up to extreme possibilities when it's the truth. And I don't, I don't, I don't know how you, how am I supposed to know that? How do we judge that, Boulder? How do we judge that? Hey, Fox, what up with this statement that you just made to me? I am yeah. a little confused. Yeah. Um, but no, Boulder believes that Boggs is working with someone on the outside to plant all of this evidence. Um, and the next day, he's got a, he's got a surefire way to, to figure out what it is. He's developed a fake news article. Uh, a plant in the paper. This is classic. He's Patricia so Cornwell. tricksy, dude. Dude, I, I, lo- I love this. Uh, I've seen this in so many books, and like the, the, I used to grow up reading my mom's. Like you know, not, she didn't. She never really flew anywhere, but I would call them airport books. Like right, uh, right, uh, right. the Dean Coots, the Patricia Cordwells, the John Grishams. Like this is classic. Like try to catch a serial killer kind of stuff, and I love it so much. Um, but yeah, he plants a fake article saying that the kids are found, and thinking that Boggs is going to then use his phone privileges to call his outside source, and they'll be able to tap it and get get some get some information. Um. So, well, jokes on you, Mulder. Um. So they set they set this. So they they give him the newspaper. He reads it. They wait for his call. He makes the call. Looks directly up at the camera where Mulder and Scully are, are waiting. And whose phone fucking rings in there? None other than Agent Fox Mulder's. I love this moment where Mulder is like, "Shut off that phone!" And Scully's like, "Uh, yeah. uh it's yours, Mulder. It's yours." Um, how does he have Mulder's number? That, that's a good question, right there. Who cares? Who, yeah, who, who, Mulder. Who, oh, psychic. Psychic. Um, he asks Mulder, "How come you don't believe me?" Agent Scully does, uh, and we see Box starting to freak out. And Scully's like, "Look, we got to bargain with the dude. Like, let's see what he knows." Um, yeah. So, because either way, like, they only have three days to save these kids, and they they need to they need to hurry up, whether it's bullshit or not. Like, they have to just work with him. They. Uh, interview him again um he starts freaking out again um he starts describing the killer as small early 20s cold eyes cold eyes he starts like pretending that he can vision envision him whipping these kids with the with the the wire hanger um which is terrifying uh and eventually he says that he's at at a small in a small boathouse in lake jordan and then gives them a warning which i wrote down as don't go near the white cross but i must have heard that incorrectly because no, that's what he says. He says like, "Beware the white cross," or like, "It'll oh. drag you down into into the depths with us," or something. Okay. You know, beware the white cross. Because um, I mean, it's yeah, it's just two big white beams underneath the, oh, the dock. Okay. Or I, whatever. I must, yeah, I must have missed the, the 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 white cross being shown on the screen at some point because I was like, "Well, that was a weird. Oh, that yeah. was, that was yeah. a weird thing." Yeah, after after Mulder gets shot in a minute, 
Scully's, you know, puts her jacket over him and then she looks up and she sees these two beams that are white as compared to everything else, which is kind of more like a rotting wood color and it has blood splattered on it, presumably. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Um, so we see the killer uh, continuing to torture these poor kids as the FBI rolls in, uh, charges in, guns drawn. Uh, they find the kids, but the the they find the kid. They find the the girl, but somehow the guy has uh, escaped with the 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 young boy that he's kidnapped. Uh, Mulder chases them out to this like dock, and um, this dude just fucking gets the drop on Mulder and shoots him from like a thousand feet away with the fucking sniper rifle. I guess I don't know how this yeah. this shot is possible. Um, and this, I don't know why this irritates me, Chris. And I'll, I, I really, I'm, I'm trying to kill this person in my head that, does, that gets irritated at things like this. But Scully is a medical doctor. Um, yeah. And what she does to help her extremely, or to help her partner, um, one of the most important people in her life right now, is to take off her jacket and cover him up, like as, as if he's, yeah, he's cold. He's, he's cold. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he's a little chilly. Like, do we need to? He's like, cold from the immediate intense blood loss. <laughs> maybe you should stop the bleeding. Maybe you I should. I think we find should do something the about the. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. It, and it's, it's again, it's it's one of these TV things. Like, who cares? Like, right. they they didn't want right. to spend the time in the special effects, like having blood come out of this dude and and her tying him off. Like, they just didn't want to do it. Like, they it doesn't matter to the show at all. She's bearing witness to psychic visions come coming to reality okay she's got a lot on her mind <laughs> it's just it just uh, it, because she's a medical doctor i don't think it would bother me if, 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 the, if the roles were reversed if this was Mulder right. doing this for right. scully i wouldn't care at all so anyway it doesn't matter they got medics on on site so she's like not my problem <laughs> yeah uh they, he gets basically callous maneuver from her <laughs> he gets rushed to the er uh they start showing perp pics to the girl that they saved uh and she eventually recognizes lucas jackson henry yeah. Um, he, I love this so much because it's just a classic Louisiana thing, but they say he spent some time in Angola, Louisiana, um, mm-hmm. which is not the way that you say those words. It's Angola, oh. <laughs> ah. uh, which is just kind of a, you know, just a little, little treat for Jeremy Greer in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh, this dude, uh, I didn't quite catch the whole story. I guess his mom was decapitated a couple so of years back. So he watched his, his girlfriend and his mom die in a, and automobile accident where they were decapitated he bore witness to this i guess i don't know he wasn't in the fucking car and for some reason now he like recreates that on the anniversary of it and this is like the seventh anniversary is coming up in three days or whatever it is that's why they have to rush so much to get it but for some reason this this tragic event fucked him up um and for some reason for for some reason for some reason seeing seeing my mother and my girlfriend decapitated it it bothered me a little bit well yeah that'll fuck you up but i mean i don't know why you need to like relive that by cutting people's heads off that just seems odd um (laughs) it seems a little whack to me if if you're being honest a little on on yeah left field you know what i mean i wouldn't go that way with it uh i'd do something different but who's to say um I'm just. I'm sorry. Sorry about your grandma, dude. But I'm built different. (laughs) I would do something different. It's very funny. I'll be different about it. You know what I mean? Um, So, uh, but he's been linked to working with Boggs in the past. So that's the big thing here, where they're like, okay, this is a scam. Yes, Uh, they they think that all of this is now uh, fully a scam, right? Um, So. With Mulder in the hospital, uh, Scully goes back to meet Boggs, um, mm-hmm. and she is 
pissed. I love this. We haven't really seen this her. This is a really, really good scene for her. Yeah, yeah. We haven't really seen her like let loose like this before. Like this is the first time in 13 episodes that she's really gone. She's gotten emotional and like kind of gotten angry where she yeah. says, you know, if, if Mulder dies because of what you've done, which of what you have done, I'll be the one in the room throwing the switch. Except she like yeah. yells it and she's like she screaming. She screams it, dude. Yeah, yeah. And like it, it's a, it starts as like an angry yell and then like upticks halfway through it. She calls him a son of a bitch. I don't think we've ever heard her swear before like yeah. that. Like she is angry and she's so upset. She just lost her father and now she's about to lose her partner because of this guy. Like, and she's still tormented about the fact that she does want to believe him. Absolutely. Because he, and he, and he uses that, right? He tells the story about smoking a cigarette as a kid, which I, I didn't really. So he starts, he, so he is saying like, oh, you don't believe me. Okay. And then he somehow channels her spirit by telling her a memory from when she was a kid. Um, oh, this was her memory of smoking a cigarette? That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, and, this makes so much more so, I missed that right. entirely. Oh my God, I'm so it's, it's such a quick little thing. And then she just, her only reaction was like, that could be any kid's memory. Like, it didn't have to be my memory. Like, you could have just pulled that out anywhere. But hearing this, like, makes her emotional because she remembers it. Oh, okay. Well, this makes much more sense because it goads her into, like asking about her father like wanting to know what the message was and bog starts doing his whole possession routine calls her starbuck and then he like clamps it down like with he he like shuts the whole thing down and says no one is talking to anyone without me getting a deal basically like you're not going to talk to your dad unless you go to the map for me and try to get me out of this um he and this this is where we get like the history of bogs and his uh, his first attempt or not his first attempt, excuse me, the yeah. first attempt to yeah. to kill him via gas chamber, uh, where he sat down, um, he, the minister was was ministering, was reading scripture to him. And it, and it was the first time he'd ever spoken to a minister before. And like, yes. It had an impact on him. <laughs> Obviously had a pretty, it was a pretty big moment in his life, I would imagine, for a minister to show up. Uh, yeah. But then he saw his entire family who he had killed, right? And then as he yeah. walks the long walk down, the, the green mile down, that he sees all of his victims on each side of the, each side of him. Um, and he gets put in the chair and he's terrified of being put in the chair. And he says like, I, my hell may be nothing but going into that chair over and over again. But in this life, I do not want to do it. I don't want to go through that. Um, and he says, you know, it's a cold, dark, oh no, he, he sits down and that's when we see these spirits, presumably of his victims, like rushing into his body. So we see yeah, for that. For some reason, he has like an out-of-body experience before he they pull the, the switch on him. He he essentially sees himself like leave his, his body, and then while he's gone, all of these spirits flood him. So then when he goes back, when they decide not to kill him, when they stayed the order or whatever, he comes back into his body, and now he's, he's full of spirits. He's full of spirits. It's like uh, me on a Friday night, you know? <laughs> not, a, not dear January, though. That's only, right. <laughs> only on fucked up February is, is when right. Chris That's Mosier's. what we call it. That's what we call it. <laughs> Dry Jan, fucked up Feb. Let's go, boys. Um, this is why I, I, I tend to believe that it's both things. Like, I feel like mm. he is he can channel the dead to some limited degree, and his clearly psychotic fucked up brain is like i'm going to use this to my to the best of my ability right like right. i'm gonna right. use like the little ability that i have to make it seem like i have a much bigger ability to try to you know negotiate for myself a better life in, in whatever right. way that i can um which is interesting to me i like I, and I like the fact that it kind of keeps it open either way um yeah. and he just i mean really when, when we get down to it all he wants is to not have to take that walk again and be confronted by exactly those yeah. specters you know which is um like they build him up pretty bad to be like this, this you know hardcore murderer person but also mm-hmm. like i can see that 
right? Yeah. Like I can be yeah. confronted by your own mortality, be confronted by your own death, like regardless of who you are, or what you've done, like whether questions of whether or not you deserve it aside, like it, I'm sure it's a extremely And I think this show is interesting because they aren't asking if he deserves to be saved. Not at all. Uh, no. I don't think that they think there's no, he doesn't. But a life in prison versus a uh, execution, it's like, you know, he's being punished no matter what. So it's not like setting him free, calling him a good person, even though he has said he's making up for it. But it's just exploring this fear of death and fear of our own actions and guilt and stuff like that. Exactly. And it isn't trying to absolve him of that, which makes this more interesting. And then putting that right beside Scully, who is, you know, confronting her own issues with mortality with her father mm-hmm. just passing away, mm-hmm. right? Like having all of that mixed into one little pot is is extremely interesting, especially because there's no judgment whatsoever on any of this stuff. Like they never right. there's right. never any any moral like thing at the end. And what have we learned today, <laughs> agents? <laughs> there's not yeah. there's nothing like that, right? Um to finish this out, he says, uh, after the soul was rushed into his body, um, he realized that it was he was going to a cold, dark place. And he says that Mulder is looking in on it right now. Um, and Scully, like, d- d- refutes this and says, no, it's, it may be a cold, dark place for you, but that's not what Mulder or her dad is seeing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, he's going to shut everything down until he gets a deal. Um, Scully leaves, goes to what I'm guessing is a district attorney or a governor uh, who is like, no, we're going to kill that dude. <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's just what's going to happen. Deals with him. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she goes to see Mulder. There's still no sign of the killer of the kid. They can't find him. Uh, and Mulder still believes this is all Bog's doing. And just basically is like, not yelling at her, but like emphatically, like even as she's questioning, yeah. even as she's saying, what if there's another explanation? He's like, don't deal with him. Um, yeah. And she's this, like, he says this could, he wants to make you into his last victim potentially. Yeah. So, don't do this. And obviously, I think he's worried because he knows that she is dealing with so much and she's acting alone now. You know, she doesn't have her partner there and she's already in this this place of pain and he does not want her being led astray because of these things. He knows that she's a rational, intelligent, competent FBI agent, but he also knows that she's in a lot of pain right now. Absolutely. And, prob- and, he, has, and he has personal past experience with Boggs, so he's predisposed to think that this guy's full of shit. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, even... In the way that we're, excuse me, I'm not going to put you in on that, but in the way that I'm interpreting it, like the dude's still tremendously full of shit, right? Like even if he has a little bit of an ability, like he's still using it to pretend that he has a lot of ability, making him full of shit. Uh, Scully goes back to Boggs and just straight up says, hey, we've got a deal. Uh, now tell us where they are. And Boggs goes through this whole channeling thing again. And this is the, th- the like the third or fourth time it's happened throughout the episode. And this is where it starts to wear thin. I think a little bit. This is where I think if you're if you're buying into the fact that he's a psychic or that he's possessed, this is the point where you're like, mm, no, yeah. this is a little too specific. Like you're talking about a very specific brewery down in Borsonville or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, like he he leads her directly to the place where they are. Um, but I love this exchange right after it because when he's done telling her like. Like, oh, you need to go to this old brewery. Scully says, you know, if you were really psychic, and he interrupts her and says, I would have known you lied. There is no deal. Like, I'm, but, right. I, know, but I know right. that you tried to help. Um, and again, questions of whether or not he deserves to be helped, questions of, you know, judgment or whatever are kind of out there. They're both doing this for selfish reasons, and it just happens to coincide, and I, I kind of mm-hmm. really dig that. Mm-hmm. That's, again, it just, they have humanized him so much without really trying to redeem him. And I think that's just so much more interesting because oftentimes that's what they'll try to do with a villain is say, well, he, this is why he did it. He see, he wasn't really all so bad, but just we're over that. We've seen it a million times. I don't need to know why the bad person was really good or give the it, but it just makes him real. And the emotions he's feeling, despite everything evil he's done, are real. And this this 
position he's in like he is genuinely afraid of death and he sees that dana tried to help and this is his last lifeline essentially as scully leaves he warns her not to uh follow the killer into the devil uh, that she will die if she does that as well uh which obviously is another one of these like oh you'll know it when you see it kind of situations um, he says don't follow henry to the devil leave that to me yeah uh spooky line Meanwhile, yeah. we go over to Lucas, the killer, who's freaking out and just like banging things with a hammer or with a with an axe, uh, getting just ready going to, through it. Really going through it, getting ready to kill this poor kid. Uh, Scully barges in. Autumn was watching this episode with me, and she was like, is, "Should Scully be doing this? Like, is she? <laughs> is this? Is this the right? Maybe she should have like handed this to the little bit. Send in the SWAT team. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> Scully comes in. The guy doesn't give up his weapon, so Scully shoots him. Uh, but he's still alive. He's wounded, and so he starts running away. So we get a bit of a chase scene. Um, and we see him run underneath the logo for this brewery, which is a picture of a giant devil, which looks suspiciously like the tattoo that we see on Boggs on his chest yeah, every it time. It um, does. I was, I was thinking about that, yeah. Which I don't know if that was... I'm sure it had to be on purpose, because why else would you put a tattoo on this poor guy? Right, um, right. But it, it, who knows? Um, but as he goes under the sign of the devil, uh, as Bog mentioned, the boards underneath him break and he falls to his death and Scully didn't follow. So she didn't follow, fall through this, you know, hole. So she's alive Mm -hmm. and totally okay. Yeah. So interesting. Some, some things are adding up and that, you know, whatever this cryptic line was saved Scully's life. Although she was far enough behind. I don't think she would have caught up anyway. I kind of think so too. Yeah. Cause, uh, and it's, and it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't care, but like the, it, it, it does take a little of the wind out of the sails for the next scene. If where, she was like right behind him and then decided to then stop. stop. Yeah. But, <laughs> but she's already just like a kind of far back and then like points her gun at him and then the boards fall. <laughs> anyway. Um, she goes back to see Boggs. Yes. And she tells him, you saved that kid's life. Meaning the the other victor, uh, Jim Summers, I think his name is, um, and he, he, she says that Bog saved her life as well, um, and now Bog says that he will give her her father's message tonight. He wants her to be his witness uh, at his execution, um, and, and so, I, I love this because we fully expect that to happen. But yeah. it absolutely does not happen. Instead, we get we go to them bringing him his last meal. He's again see- seeing his family members and his victims. He's strapped in. He's left alone in the chamber. We see the mister, the minister, uh, and the governor appear, as well as like a third guy who kind of looked like the smoking man, but wasn't. So I didn't know why he was there. Um, I didn't know if he was another ghost looking in at him. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite. get But he the wasn't third in black guy. and white, so I don't know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> they they start the gas, which is like they pour like pellets into a thing which drinks this gas a little fucked up and then we go to scully we show scully and it's she's just not there she's, she's with, with Mulder. she's with Mulder. Yeah. um and i love that like i love the fact that she just did not like because it was she recognized it at the end right like the despite the overwhelming emotion of her father passing despite her her visions of seeing something maybe a little spooky like she the the rationale and the reason took over and she was like this dude's full of shit i'm not going to give him the time of fucking day i'm not going to spend any more time on this dude that i don't know who killed all these people um and despite the fact that they had like maybe a little bit of a bond going for a little bit Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. I just love the fact that she was like fuck off and die i don't care yeah yeah she's still at the end of the day that's not not her problem and um i it's it's a for her here to say like she doesn't need to she was afraid to believe and for some reason Mulder is like huh what do you mean suddenly you don't believe and like Mulder you've been telling her not to this whole fucking episode what's the problem we'll talk about Um, that finish your point about Scully because I want to talk about that a little bit (laughs) but when she says you know I didn't need to hear my my father's message I I know what it was it's he was my father and that's 
just what her mother told him. And uh, he was he was my father. The a sentiment that is ruined when you try to say, oh, that means he loved me no matter what. He was proud of me no matter what. It, it's ruined when you when you add those contexts. When you just say he was my father, that was his message. That's more impactful, I think, than trying to explain it further. I a hundred percent agree. Like, and I I really. I'm very resistant to the idea of Ghost Dad showing up any more yeah, than he has right, to. Not right. only because, and you know, cause When you think about how extreme <laughs> some of the shit in this episode was with, you know, there's like SWAT teams and, and this dude having psychic de- demon visions or whatever. This is pretty restrained and the writing is pretty restrained as well. And I think it's just really, really well done. Yeah. But let's go back to the point you were trying to make a minute ago. It's just that I don't... So why does why is Mulder suddenly like why don't you believe <laughs> because he specifically asked her uh, and, he, and he once again reverts to her first name when he asked her this like Scully Dana after all you've seen why can't you believe and she says I'm afraid I'm afraid to believe and he says you couldn't face that fear even if it meant not knowing even if it meant knowing that what your father wanted to tell you and I just I'm very confused by Mulder's kind of flip on this like either he believed that Boggs was psychic or he believed like me that he was a little bit psychic and a lot of bit of bullshit. Um, but the whole time he presents it to Scully as total absolute bullshit. So the flip at the end of the, why can't you believe, you know, why can't you face your fears if it meant this, this or that is really confusing to me. Mm-hmm. And I, as much as this is an intimate moment where they're like sitting close to one another, he's using her first name and they're, they're obviously like having this moment that is, it's, I think, is often depicted in police media of like partners being partners, right? Like that partner relationship being yeah. much more than like a casual friendship or even like a work camaraderie thing. It's like, he's my, no, 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 he's my fucking partner. Like I'm ride or die for this dude. It's just like, he's ride or die yeah. for me. And as much as I love that, I'm just very, very confused by Mulder's opinion on it. It's yeah. And I wonder if it's almost like a weird line delivery. Like she needs to be asked the question again at the end, but the way that he does it, it almost seems like he's reverting back to his usual. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, like, come on, Scully, can't you see the truth? Like, and maybe it's not supposed to be read that way. Maybe we're supposed to just be like, he wants her once and for all to confront why she's having this, this flip flop. He wants her to land solidly in her beliefs and not just lie about what she feels like she did in her police report but that's adding a, a lot of context that's not really there in that scene so it, it's just it's just an odd little turnaround and it, it ends with her having that beautiful kind of that moment solace within yeah. her yeah with with her own father you know and that that's worth it but it's still such a weird little flip that i just don't get like, yeah did they film this scene at the beginning of the episode that's, I, and david the company didn't quite have the full context yet it makes me really wonder that like I, I had that thought as well as if this because this is the usual thing that would happen of like oh scully saw all this stuff and that she still didn't believe right but like right. here she was kind of believing and like but you were also telling her not to the entire time so she was doing the thing that yeah it just doesn't make a lot of sense and it's and it's not a i don't think it ruins the episode by any no no but i I think it's just a weird moment at the end which is again kind of eclipsed by the last line of her just kind of taking or the last the last moment of her taking solace in her father's death and realizing like she doesn't have to know whatever this message is like maybe this message doesn't even exist it could be in her head right right um so it's just a because i mean People see visions of people dying, like at the time of they they die, even if they're not around each other. Like you see hundreds of reports, thousands of reports about stuff like that. Like, right. I, and I think even Mulder makes a point in this episode somewhere where he fully believes in the ability of psychic energy and 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 psychic powers, uh, but he just doesn't believe in box, <laughs> which <Right>. is, <laughs> um, so I, you know. I, 
all, all in all, it doesn't really matter. It's just, it just sticks out in a weird yeah, way. Just, there's the one end. odd moment of a, a flip-flopping where you're yeah. like, huh? Um, but otherwise, super, super good, I think. Super, Maybe super. he just thought he was going to have her on the hook now for like a supernatural thing going forward. Maybe and now so. And suddenly yeah. she's like, well, no, I don't believe. And he's like, damn it, no, why? Yeah, it's like when I get, when I get Autumn to watch like one Marvel TV show. And I'm like, yeah, she's, she's so gonna, sure she's that gonna she's going like to like the next one. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, it was just She-Hulk. It wasn't Hawkeye at yeah. all. <laughs> Autumn likes all of that MCU stuff. I shouldn't use that as a joke, but it, it worked, I think, for to express yeah. my point. Um, anyway, uh what a good episode. I think... Uh, what a fantastic episode. One of the best so far, I'd say. Easy, and a Dana-focused yeah. episode. Wow, Dana, who am I? Um, a Scully-focused episode. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Take it down a notch. I don't need you being so familiar. We're only 13 episodes into the podcast. You can't call him Dana. Sorry, I just Fox reached yet. up to caress her face. Oh, Chris, can take that hand down before it comes back as a nub. Take that dirty hand away from her. Um... Yeah, this is a phenomenal episode throughout, I think. Uh, also, you know, we mentioned at the beginning and, and kind of throughout, but Brad Dorff as Luther Lee Boggs, like, just fucking sells. Fantastic. Like, you, you really get the idea. He was, dude, he was so good that we didn't even jokingly call him Wormtongue the entire time. It's true. <laughs> like, he he actually embodied this role so well that we did not call him. About his, I bungled presumably. the Gandalf quote to him at one point, but that's as far as I got because he was not Wormtongue. It's Obviously, amazing still the resemblance, that but... this, this podcast isn't just full of Lord of the Rings references with this guy yeah. being in here. It's amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely That's how good this episode is. He was is. good. He was yeah, so yeah. good, dude. Also, Twin Peaks. Like, I should be making Twin Peaks references off the cuff left and right, but I'm not, I mean, like, I didn't even Could do it. barely do it. This, this I didn't even mention the on. owls. I didn't mention the owls or not what they seem chris Not i didn't even one say owl, it. dude oh, incredible um any last thoughts on this episode before we get out of here fantastic stuff indeed i agree uh thank you to all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week for donating every month thank you to all of the re- viewers on apple podcast and spotify that are leaving comments and ratings and reviews we so much appreciate you you have no idea really we so much like me and chris share those every every time we every time i get an email about yeah. them and it's that's super good so thank you so much um and yeah thank you just for the people out there just listening just yeah, just, just sitting in your car just listening to some non-human biologics that means a lot to us and we love you putting and up with our with our tangents and our asides exactly maybe yeah. even our outtakes G- gonna be some death chat in the outtakes but no gamer talk so get, go, go no gamer talk <laughs> go right into that yeah um thank you again everybody for listening we appreciate it and remember stay spooky bye in and out of this call like 25 times well, you're and here now, now it just works nothing changed now it just works you're, you're here with me now chris that's all that matters. hi i'm sorry i sorry we're on npr today aren't we and i'm but i'm not i don't have npr energy give me a second i warned you that we were doing the npr today welcome to this we american guessing. life <laughs> welcome if you would like to Ira donate glass five, is that his name <laughs> if you'd like to donate five dollars more you can get your very own nita toten bag in the mail <laughs> <clears throat> we used to listen to a lot of NPR. Um, there was a, and this was a local DJ out of uh, Phoenix. But after like the, 
wait, wait, don't tell me's and the, you know, this American lives and this, like it would go to a local kind of thing. And there was a jazz DJ uh, by the name of blaze Lantana. And I've never wanted merch more than I've wanted blaze Lantana merch in my life. Yeah. yeah. Blaze Lantana. Oh man. It's is that so a real good. name or is that a stage name? It has to be a you stage. Know what? I mean, blaze. I don't think it matters. I yeah. know somebody who's named blaze. Actually, I do. I actually do know a guy named Blaze, but it does. It's not spelled like B L A Z. Yeah, it's or with anything. an S, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Th- I didn't have, think about having that. your name be Blaze with like an S, you're like, okay, that's yeah, that's I get it, that's normal. Blaze with the Z, you go, whoa, hold on. We're watching. Um, Are you a skateboarder from the '90s? <laughs> we're watching the fifth season of Fargo, and um, uh-huh. there's a character on it whose name is Danish Graves, which whoa. I think is a very good name. Yeah, <laughs> like that's just Damn. a very strong name, Danish Graves. That's, such a, that's like a goth band. Name. It is right. Like you could, you yeah. could almost hear like the bass of to their lead track yeah. when you say yeah. Danish graves. Danish graves. Wow, that's what we should have called this podcast for no reason. Danish graves. This confused the yes. hell out of everybody. I don't think I'm. I don't have any Danish ancestry. I don't know about you, but I don't think that I do either. I don't know. I'm such a mutt. I have no idea. To be honest with you. Yeah. Same. Same. I'm like majority Irish, but that doesn't really mean anything. I think everybody in the Boston area is either Irish or Italian, and that's it. <laughs> I was talking to my um, therapist about death because that's what you do when you're oh, therapy. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was, I had a real morbid thought. Tell me if this is morbid to you or not. Um, okay. So you've been to wakes, right? Like you've gone to like a wake yeah, before? Yeah, yeah, Okay. So did they like play a soundtrack of like the person who died's like favorite songs? Yeah. Yeah. At some of them. I mean, like at my grandmother's wake. We weren't like bumping oldies or anything. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. But like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, that's a yeah, thing yeah, yeah, that you, that yeah, you've, yeah, you've experienced. Yeah. Well, I got to thinking about it. Like, um, and this is this is probably maybe a little too real for the podcast. But mm. um, anyway, like with this whole cancer thing, I was thinking like, wouldn't it really suck if like something happened to me, and then they just chose garbage music, right? Yeah. Like just absolute garbage music, like that I w- I don't like that they wouldn't like that they just think that I like or whatever. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I should make a playlist of of songs. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just to no, go that's ahead. not that's not morbid. That's just guy stuff. You think that's just guy stuff? Making <laughs> songs for your own wake. <laughs> that's just guy stuff. It's I've just, thought about this plenty of times. This but is don't, guys no, don't dudes. worry, don't worry. If you know, if I I would be there to be like, listen, here's this song. It's called Hunks of Summer. <laughs> it was written by Jeremy. This is what we're playing. Autumn has that. Autumn gave me that. Uh, she she did all of the monster of the week tracks on vinyl it's like she had impressed. So we actually have uh, yeah. a vinyl copy of Hunks of Summer yeah. in the house. So we right bring now. that in. We're locked yeah. in. Um, but it gets even funnier because uh, on Spotify, if you make a playlist and you include artists, like artists have the ability to see that. Oh, um, so like because there's a there's a good open mic eagle line where he says, "I saw oh, that had, it was all me and Mitski." Me and Mitski, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, saw, yeah. I saw that playlist you created, so it just made me think like I'm just like gonna depress the hell out of Luki Dacus by putting her yeah. putting songs of hers on my like <laughs> songs to play at my wake playlist. <laughs> Do I need to do that to Lucy Dawkins? No, I don't need to do that to Lucy. She, she, she's well, she's, go, she's going know. through her own stuff. She might appreciate it. Yeah, Boy Genius is going away for a while. I sent you that article. Yeah, that's fine. Um, that's good. Because Julian Baker keeps biting people. So. Um, oh, the reason I was sure. the reason I was sure. <laughs> the reason I was telling you about the wake thing is because uh, I asked if she had I asked the same question to her. Like, do you have you you know you've been to wake? She goes, yeah, yeah, but I'm Irish, so like. Like it's all like it's all just nonsense. Like it's just a big party, oh, sure. and I was like, "Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that makes a lot more sense." That's true. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, we played uh, at my my uncle's funeral. They played the YMCA and made everybody do the dance, which was a little much. That's not good. 
but it made my dad happy for a moment because uh, it was his younger brother. So it was just like, okay, I do it for my dad. But in hindsight, I'm like, hmm. I guess that was like his thing. Was my uncle's thing? Was was doing the YMCA? I don't, I don't know. But that was what they did, that and was it was thing. intense. I, I get it, it was intense. I get it. If it was this, if it was this thing, I get it. Like I, I totally. I don't totally have a understand. thing other than like playing video games in my room. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, if you guys gonna, want to do that, just gonna put up a bunch of pictures. Like at my the most recent funeral I've been to was my stepfather's, and um, I've told you about him. Like he's like a ZZ Top looking fella, like motorcycle rider, yeah, 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 like yeah. Harley Davidson guy, tattooed up. Um, so like all of the pictures of him on like the little picture board or whatever were like fucking baller. Like him just looking yeah. like a like a maniac, like an outlaw nineteen seventies <laughs> outlaw is what he looked like, and it's kind of what he was. Like he you know that's kind of kind of was kind of his vibe throughout the entire time that I knew him. Um, so like I just picturing like myself of just being like on the couch holding like v- different controllers, <laughs> you know. Oh, this yeah. was, this was the yeah. Wii era. Yeah. This was the 360 era. Look at this. <clears throat> uh, there was a uh, there was a picture of me from years ago where I was doing Edward forty hands. You know, you tape two forties mm-hmm. to your hands. Um, I feel like that that would be the picture I would want. Um, that's 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 it, the main. It was like the, it was my brand one. for many many years. Was just that picture of myself. It's not even a good picture, but I was like, this is great. I've seen that picture. A, it's not a great yeah, picture of you. Yeah, I'm wearing like an ill fitting American Nightmare t shirt, sunglasses indoors. I got a weird short haircut, and I got two forties on my hands. But I was like, yeah, no, this is good. Everybody, yeah. look, I can party, dude. I could, I could, you party. could party. I couldn't. Yeah, Someone um someone sent me a picture of uh, me and um, a friend of ours that had um, passed away um, at a surprisingly young age. Not surprising because of the amount of um, opioids she was addicted to. Sure, that was sure, that's probably sure. the the big thing. Um, but in it, we are so obviously just incredibly fucked up. Like like our, like no pupils You're exist. Zonked. Yeah, we're just fucking <laughs> zonked out of our minds yeah. in this picture. And I'm like, I can't. Like this is a really nice picture, and I really like. I genuinely enjoyed the company of that chick. Me and her like got along really well. Like we kind of crushed on each other for a little while, but never actually made anything happen. Like we were just just really good friends, and then like lost contact with each other. And then like I get sent this picture of us just like fucking like obviously just zonked out of our fucking yeah. minds. And it's like I can't yeah. put this up anywhere. Zooted like to the moon, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't put the zooted J picture up on the mantle. Photoshop anywhere. sunglasses over your eyes. <laughs> I guess so, dude, and and hers, like right, like yeah, and, yeah. yeah, not not a good scene at all. Not a good scene. Not a good scene. Have you ever been accused of not being able to party? Because I feel like that's one of life's greatest insults, and I have been accused of not being able to party. Nope, nobody has ever had to accuse me of that because I have been my own persecutor for that. I've yeah. been my own. Yeah. <laughs> I've because I'm always just like, all right, I'm good. I don't want to be around anybody anymore. I'm gonna go home. But everybody be like, dude, Chris can't hang. I'm like, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And yeah, I don't yeah, want to hang with you guys. <laughs> I want to hang at home. There I, um, was this running joke with my friends for years. that, And they told this story so many times that they went to some concert. And afterwards, uh, they they were invited onto Aerosmith's tour bus. Okay. And our one friend was stopped at the door. And they said, no, he can't come. This kid can't party. And that was um, you? And that's, it was, no, 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 it was this other kid. Oh. Uh, but they told the story so many times that there were people in like, you know, the outside edges of our friend group who just started to believe it was true that's not a true they, story it yeah, got yeah. more thorough every time they told it but they obviously did not party with fucking aerosmith that's not something that happened but it was told so many times that it almost became truth i could see it in my head it especially didn't even because happen. like the age that aerosmith would be at that time would be like right. they, they, my they, friends they, were like they, 21 and they were all like yeah yeah yeah, yeah steven tyler was in his like probably 60s and like going through mm-hmm. rehab at the time probably like that's yeah. probably what was happening yeah. with that dude's life so yeah very very funny to me no i've never been accused of not being able to party i've always either been um uh like just i'm going to commit and then this is going to be the party or 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 i'm going to gray ghost the situation and just be Mm -hmm. like hey i'll be right back i gotta go to the bathroom 
and then yeah. never show never show up to the that's party. That's my again. ideal way to leave anything. But then Jess, even though Jess is the same way, but then she feels so so much guilt for not saying goodbye. She's got that social guilt. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I would be halfway home right now. I don't, don't need to say anything to anybody. I, I don't have Nobody's going to notice for another 45 minutes that we're not here. <laughs> it used to be back in the day like when somebody tries to go to bum a cigarette and realizes I'm not there. <laughs> yeah. Chris. Oh, Chris is gone. What's going to happen? Uh, who knows? <laughs> Who's, who knows what's going to happen now that Chris is gone? Yeah. But no, no, no. I've um, I've definitely like I once I once woke up in the in, like in the back of a van on the way to New oh. Orleans. Um, <laughs> Troubling. <laughs> with just like surrounded by my friends and I was like, what, what are we doing? And they're like, we're going to New Orleans, have some shrooms. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's, let's okay. fucking, let's do it. Like, let's, let's, let's go to New Orleans. Let's fucking go. You say rolling over on your pillow. Yeah. I mean, New Orleans was an hour away. So like it wasn't a, right, right. a, a long drive, but the fact that I just woke up in the back of the van, like they had to put me back there. I don't remember getting yeah. in. Like, yeah. they, so I guess, and I guess in that case, like my friends were like, oh, Jeremy can definitely party. We got to put him in the van so he can, he can catch up on his rest and then he'll party yeah, yeah, later. Yeah. So yeah, we're just looking out for you. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. They were just taking care of me. They were taking care of me, Chris. <laughs> just splayed out the trunk. <laughs> in a locked trunk. <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, it's fine. It's totally okay. Yeah. It's totally yeah. no problem. No, Imagine no problem doing that over. now. Like we, so we did sober January and then February, February 1st comes around. We're like, well, <laughs> Um, breaking it off right now breaking it off we went out to eat and I had way too many drinks and I felt fine at the time but I woke up with a gnarly fucking hangover Ooh. yesterday and I'm like damn I can usually hang a little bit better than this but no man um, those hangovers are becoming hangarounds that's what happens yeah, so you start well, getting, that's right that's you start, right you start getting a little bit older and all of a sudden those <laughs> things start just like being death traps almost that's it's, right it's not good I'm yeah. still feeling it just a touch so you know my um careful out there <laughs> i don't know if you're like they never told me specifically not to drink while i was on chemo mm-hmm. um and i don't drink they should have mentioned it you know <laughs> when i started taking my, my medication recently he didn't say not to take it or uh-huh. not to drink and i read the instructions i was like it doesn't say anything about not, not drinking, drinking so, so here we fuck go it. <laughs> um but i don't i don't drink on chemo days and i don't drink, typically drink on chemo weeks but like the off weeks like i'll have a cocktail or two mm-hmm. um and it's 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 i just feel weird about it like i feel like I don't feel know. naughty. I feel a little naughty. I feel like a little, yeah. like I'm a little naughty and naughty than You know what I'm saying, yeah. dude? Listen, what's life if without a little bit of naughtiness? You know what I mean? You got to take what you could get. <laughs> I saw this country, this like country trio, uh, singing a song about um, like they were, you know, they were terrible in Tallahassee or whatever, and like that one of their things was they were naughty in Nottingham, and I just I can't get it out of my brain or my mouth. Like I've said it to Autumn two or three times now, but naughty in Nottingham just makes me laugh so much from this like. <laughs> Dixie Chicks kind of wannabe band that, I, yeah, just just boggles my mind. We were naughty in Nottingham. Like, that, oh, see, that really? to me is just is just about having a drink when you really shouldn't supposed you're not really not supposed to. Like okay. having, I remember this distinctly. I had I had to took a half day from work. I was gonna go do something in the morning and then come back to work later. Went to I had to pick up my graduation gown or whatever for college. This is how long ago it was. Went to go get it. One thing led to another, and somebody's like, "Should we shall do mimosas, right?" I'm like, Hell "Guys, yeah. I gotta go to work in like three hours. I can't have mimosas." Well, what do you know? <laughs> I had mimosas, and then I went to work later. <laughs> Excellent, I love it. And it was like- it was naughty, but it, the thrill really it just it energized me. It, it more than anything, it energized me. <laughs> You're like one of those teachers that I see on TikTok all the time who get arrested like first thing in the morning, like because they're drunk yeah. at school. And I'm like, I don't blame yeah. y'all. Like, see, you that's the do kind that, of naughtiness. But, that's yeah. the kind of naughtiness that I'm like, well, maybe, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe but, we shouldn't. But I mean, maybe a don't mimosas. drink at work. Maybe a couple but of mimosas, just, yeah, well, dude. Endless mimosas when, with a group of pals. I mean, what's what's? I mean, not that I have a group of pals to drink endless mimosas with, but you know, hypothetically. <laughs> It's um it's raining here this weekend, so Autumn is um pretty limited on her outdoor activities, which is typically what she does during the weekends. Um, mm-hmm. so 
earlier today, she was just before we started recording. Actually, she was like, she just popped up. She's like, I'm gonna make cheese crackers, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So she she starts like getting into it in the kitchen, and then she's like, Jeremy, I've got a bottle of prosecco. I'm gonna make oh. some mimosas, and I was Hell like, yeah. get it, girl, Woo. get it. This is this is your day. Do it. <laughs> and then um, so she's in there, and I see her like she's she's in there for a while making these cheese crackers. She's you know grating up cheese and Gruyere and all this other stuff, and going get, like putting the work in is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Uh, also also up and down on that on that mimosa. She's 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 hitting them pretty good. Uh, oh I'm, good. Are you, so you you wait? Are you not hitting them with her? I'm not hitting them with her. No, dude. I'm because oh. we, we're going to record later. Scheme a week. What about when we finish recording? You got to hit the mimosas in, or is it too late for mimosas? I don't know. It depends on what kind of mood she's. I in. want like, you to have a good Sunday. We ought to get cracking, brother. She's making mimosas <laughs> in the other room. What are you doing here, hanging out with me? Well, it's so it's so funny because she comes in the room and I'm watching like some YouTube gaming video or whatever, and she's like, yeah. and she's like, okay, and she goes, when are you recording? I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of waiting on Chris to text me whenever he's like run already but it'd probably be around like 12 30 and she's like well that's enough time for you to take a nap maybe you should go take a nap and i'm like i don't really feel the need to go take a nap but she goes well we're not watching this anymore i'm gonna watch say yes to the dress so you need to change the channel <laughs> and i was like oh that's what's happening right uh... now you want the tv okay now i get it so i left her Perfect. i left her completely mimosa up watching yeah well there's say still yes hope the for you to get mimosa up this afternoon never say never we can we can hope it might happen. Who knows? I might. Yeah. I usually don't do mimosas. I'll usually do a Bloody Mary. That's usually my. my thing. Oh sure 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 sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't really do mimosas either, unless it's like by accident. I've stumbled upon a mimosa in my vicinity. You know, I can't be drinking orange juice. Oh, yeah, yeah. All that acid, you know, man. <laughs> oh man, that just gonna just gonna destroy your stomach. I'm just here for the alcohol. Uh, I'm here for the boubles. Right, you know what I'm right. saying? True. 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 Yeah. Skip the OJ. I'll just take the the fucking Chardonnay or whatever the hell. Call me Michael Bublé how I'm sucking down these mimosas. Literally. Literally. Please call me Michael Bublé. I don't know who that um, is. Who is Michael Bublé? Do you know? He's a, um, like a... Is he a oh, rap artist? Oh, no, he's a singer. He's a singer. He's, he's a singer. kind of one of those like jazzy Frank Sinatra wannabes. Oh, uh, well, I don't like those guys. Yeah. yeah. I don't, he's I don't very like. famous though. I got no patience for anybody that does that under 40. Like no, no, yeah. no patience whatsoever. So... Yeah, we can we can just definitely just start talking about this excellent episode of X Files. Fantastic like episode of the X Files. All right, let's lock it in. No gamer chat. Somebody's just like had to do a double take. Somebody oh, went back to the beginning of the outtakes to be like, wait a second. I know that that's not true. Something happened here. Something something is missing. Something is going on. Yeah, it's called mimosas. That's what happened. Did you see? Uh, you, I know you. I know for a fact you didn't. But there was a little drama in the supernatural fandom today or oh, over over the weekend. Up? You got to tell me. I was ready to record, but you got to tell me. Um, somebody. Uh, someone made it like an innocuous tweet about like what is the worst series series finale or whatever um and then somebody quote tweeted that and was like it's the supernatural finale it's blah 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 i could go on da, 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 da. and even though he wasn't tagged and even though like there's no hashtags there's no ats there's no, this is just this one person with like like, like 1500 followers who was who was just like tweeting their opinions about the supernatural finale fucking jim beaver comes waiting in oh old bobby God. himself and is like you could keep that that opinion to yourself and <laughs> Is this the first time that he's heard people don't like the finale? I, I don't know. I don't know. And then he made a joke. Jim, that, stay out of it. And then he made a joke that he had seen um, 69 episodes of the show, but the rest were missing something, which I guess means like he's in 69 episodes and he's only seen the that ones must, that he's yeah, in. Yeah, that must be. Um, yeah. But to further complicate it, the Then and Now podcast hosted by the two cast from the... Uh, two cast members from the show, uh, yeah. they they liked the tweet. They liked Jim's tweet. And so people were going like, I can't believe oh. how unprofessional you're being and liking this tweet. <laughs> we would never be in, embroiled in such controversy. You uh, should us? like the, you should like the tweet criticizing it. 
I went through and liked all of the tweets. That's what I did. Oh, good. Yeah, good, I just wanted good, to because I mean, I, I figured like any news is good news at this point for yeah, a, a, a podcast. Let us get embroiled in the in the controversy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, yeah, I'll say it. Kim Manners was a dick. I'll say it out loud. Woo! I don't give a shit. I don't know. I don't know anything about that person. <laughs> Kim, I don't know either. I don't. I, I mean, presumably they're okay, but Kim Manners was a dick. That's the hill I'm going to die on. Yeah, same. We've been saying this for a while. We've been saying so. this for such a long time. Um, all right, anyway. X Files. I see a lot of supernatural stuff in my Twitter feed, and I'm like, how did, how did this keep getting here? <laughs> they know you. They know you so well. They know me.